0: 7 o'clock here on After Hours. Well, we got about 18 seconds. You ever seen Pearl Jam live?
1: No. I, I really want to, though. Bucky At least list. Eddie Vedder. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Seen uh, Foo Fighters? No. Would you rather see the Foo Fighters or? Uh, Pearl Jam. Okay. I was going to say, you played Chris Cornell and Eddie Vedder slash Pearl Jam tonight. I wonder if we're going to get Temple of the Dog in the 8 o'clock hour.
2: Oh, you know it. Okay. That, you literally read my mind. That was, that right. was coming up next. All right.
0: We're going hungry here soon. Um, parlay's in tonight. If you want to join it, I don't know if you can get in now, but there was a plus 700 parlay. Kevin Durant over uh, 23 and a half, six and a half rebounds in the Suns to win. Plus 700, your boy's in. Uh, 20 bucks to win 180. Let's do that, or 160. So let's do this. Let's have some fun tonight on a Wednesday. Coming up on the other side of this conversation that we have with you, Kansas City is Jake Eisenberg, the new voice of the Royals. He'll take over for Steve Fiziok. He's been down in Arizona watching this team play and just absolutely destroy the spring training league, which they do every single year. Uh, That always happens. Uh, We ask him a couple questions as to why he can tell us this year might be different than last, outside of coaching changes, um, what the young kids look like, and if there is an arm out there that might be a little bit more electric than we're giving it credit for. Uh, Jake Eisenberg, good dude, and uh, you'll hear his voice a lot. Here on six ten sports radio is your home for the Royals. Uh, Vern's hot stove again every Thursday night at six o'clock. Uh, normally after that, uh, you get me, and uh, it's uh, it gets interesting. when we only have an hour on Thursdays. Last night we uh, we turned it into the uh, the request line of uh, what you all wanted to talk about, and you guys fired away, and that was fun. Last night was fun, man. We had a, we had a good time. It was a, it was it was interesting last night. So. Um, Darius Slay drops this bit of audio today over uh, Juju Smith-Schuster's latest outbreak on TikTok towards Philadelphia. Come on, Juju, y'all trolling, man. and it rubbed
3: me the wrong way because y'all be wanting out here clown and stuff. All Pro JV, one of the best in the game, did what he did. Of course, he got a holding call. I honestly hold every play, just like y'all offensive guys push off every play. Now let's be honest, like Mahomes a dog out there, and him and Trappers had a crazy connection other than that it was lights camera action out there for us we having a field day we was having a great great game we just had a hard time with caps we did feel like our dbs was way better and that's and that's what happened on the field y'all think they threw for like what 180 time, 80 yards yeah we won the number one pass defense for a reason and you know to come out like that talking crazy you need to fix that that ain't called for man y'all be taking it to a whole new level right now man y'all new generation a little weird. What Juju need to be doing is really just be worrying about his little TikTok dances and keep it going and stop trying to play like that, man. You better play like that on TikTok. That's what we got apps for dancing apps that y'all be on, man. Stop playing with my dog. Come on, Juju. Y'all trolling, man. Okay.
0: I mean, what happened? Was it was it the Valentine's Day tweet? Okay. You know, hold somebody like James Bradbury held Juju on Valentine's Day. I believe was the was the meme he created on like a Valentine's Day card that used to give out in elementary school, you know. I don't think you can be mad about that. I think you can be a little upset that Juju went out of his way to choreograph a a video of basically being sarcastically funny towards the Philadelphia Eagles. Here's the deal. I think we could be okay with this. I think this is kind of the new way of smack talk. And I think you hear that in Darius Slay's voice. Stop playing young kids, stick to your dances, all that stuff. It's a terrible rebuttal back towards Juju after what he had done Maybe to piss you off, apparently. Again, I'm not upset the fact that Juju's done this. But again, it was kind of the way that the mainstream media wanted to make this Super Bowl outcome seem. There were people that were saying it was ruined by this call, but yet a lot of people, including Bradbury, said it was the right call. You can do things that are illegal. If you get caught, you have to pay the consequences. People will tell you all the time, football players, football knowledgeable people, football coaches, holding happens on every play, whether it's called or not, is the biggest decision that gets made. This, again, is exactly what it was. It just so happened it was during an impeccable time of the game. Here we are, fourth quarter, hold, touchdown, sorry. And again, to his comment about how Juju was clowning the defense, I think it again goes to the whole concept of, if you're taking this as a personal shot, I'm sorry. At least he included the team. Because again, if you all don't remember, I can help you really quick in taking a travel down remembering lane. The Philadelphia Eagles were the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Philadelphia had one of the best defenses, if not the best defense, in the NFL. The Philadelphia Eagles never played a team like the Chiefs. The Philadelphia Eagles played a team like the Chiefs, and they went from giving 4.8 yards game on average, which was number one in the NFL. No joke, no doubt about it. Facts are facts. 4.8 yards a play on average. That changed to 6.4 in that Super Bowl game. So to give that some retrospect, the Chiefs turned the best defense in the league to the worst defense in the league in one night, according to that game versus the season. So if you can't handle getting your ass kicked, where the quarterback didn't even throw for more than 200 yards, in fact, he didn't throw for more than 190, didn't he throw for like 187 but three touchdowns? You lost. This is the new way of talking smack. Everyone out there said it was a terrible call. Not let's let's pump the brakes. Not everyone out there said it was a terrible call, but a lot of people led their day the next day or that night, tweeting that video, bringing that video up, saying that it shouldn't have been called, that it affected the game. Those type of calls do affect games. Those type of calls not getting called affect games. You took the loss. Chiefs took the win. Not only that, but then people are coming after Kadarius Toney because Kadarius Toney said to the response to Darius Slay's video, do you want that L as a capital L or a lowercase L? And then Slay responds with, you too young as well. You know what the best part about this whole thing is? Is they're going to play each other again next year. Now, again, I don't know if Juju Smith-Schuster will be on this team next year. Some might have theories that he will be because he's letting this thing stay fresh. He's not letting it ride the ship and get out of Dodge and and move on and this year and next. As the text line says, Dusty, will Juju's TikToks slash social media immaturity be a turnoff reason why the Chiefs wouldn't resign him? You would think. We know that it was very evidently clear that when Eric Reed was, sorry, Justin Reed. now it's just a joke, but when Justin Reed came out and talked about Cincinnati and then doubled down again, and then Andy Reed said, yeah, we had to talk with him. We're not really hip to that. We're not really fond of that. We kind of steer clear of that. Juju Smith-Schuster makes these sort of things. And the problem that people have in society, whether it's sports, whether it's real world, whether it's radio, is that when you get called out after you got beat, in the biggest game, by the baddest dude on the planet that plays quarterback, sometimes you get a little bit of clout. Now it runs out, and you know you don't see Travis Kelsey doing this. It's not his first Super Bowl. You don't see Mahomes doing this, nor will you ever. It's not his style. But again, look at everything that went into this season. This is why the Chiefs are having fun with it. Philadelphia, they pushed your buttons, and you reacted a little bit better than they thought you might. Now you're coming out saying stuff like this, saying stick to your TikToks, stick to these. This is the new way of doing it. Social media is very evidently clear a platform for all of us. Whether you're a Joe Schmo, whether you're Logan and Jake Paul, whether you're Juju Smith-Schuster on TikTok, you're going to offend people. And you can hear it in Darius Slay's voice when he says, Quit talking,
3: Juju. Come on, Juju. Y'all trolling. Man. And it rubbed me the wrong way because y'all be wanting to out here clown and stuff, all pro JV. One of the best in the game. Did what he did. Of course, he got a holding call. I honestly hold every play, just like y'all offensive guys push off every play. Now, let's be honest. Like, he, he, my Mahomes, a dog out there, and him and Travis had a crazy connection. Other than that, it was lights, camera, action out there for us. We having a field day. We was having a great, great game. We just had a hard time with Caps. We did feel like our DBs was way better. And that's, and that's what happened on the field. Y'all think they threw for like, what? 180 pounds, 80 yards? Yeah, we won the number one pass defense for a reason. And you know, to come out like that, talking crazy? You need to fix that. That ain't called for, man. Y'all be taking it to a whole new level right now, man. Y'all new generation. A little weird. What Juju need to be doing is really just be worrying about his little TikTok dances and keep it going and stop trying to play like that, man. You better play like that on TikTok. That's what we got apps for, dancing apps that y'all be on, man. Stop playing with my dog.
0: That's exactly what TikTok's for. He used his platform correct. Should this be the last straw? I'm okay with that. I don't need to see anymore. But when you're the best and you beat the best at the best stage, you get a little bit of clout. And when you're Juju Smith-Schuster, who's been doing it for a while, you know what it comes with, you know what his style is, expect exactly what you get. Sorry. If you didn't like it, win the game. If you didn't like it, play better defense. Maybe you guys were playing really good defense because you were getting away with holding calls. Maybe you shouldn't let the national media dictate where your head is. You know what the Chiefs did? The Chiefs went the Super Bowl as underdog favorites. That sounds weird to say. The Chiefs went to the, into the Super Bowl as underdogs. They went into the season as underdogs. And then when they won it all, and then when they did everything they were supposed to do in the NFL, which is win the championship, represent your division, win your division, win some personal awards, have a parade, everybody was like, well, of course they did. Well, where was this energy a long time ago, like in June, August, September, Take a back seat and enjoy the victory lap. And if you think it's going anywhere, it may not. Coming up on the other side, Jake Eisenberg, voice of the Royals, coming up on After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Back in on 610 Sports Radio. Don't forget, it's your home of the Royals where you can hear all the great voices. You can hear Denny, you can hear Ryan, Rex. And now you can hear Jake Eisenberg of formerly Omaha did some stuff with the New York Mets. Now he does some stuff on After Hours. Jake, welcome to the show. It's 7-15, and you're in Arizona. We're in Kansas City, and I have to say it must be nice.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been great out here so far. I will say this, Dusty, that uh, everyone's been saying, Jake, you're going to love spring training. You're going to love Arizona. It's 70 degrees and sunny every day. And I'm telling you, I haven't seen the evidence yet because it's been 50 and breezy, and I'm wearing a jacket right now. Uh, but other than that, it's great to be down here and see all the guys, the players, the coaches, the excitement that's around this team. It's been it's been a lot of fun these first you know couple of weeks now.
0: Were you surprised to see the Rusty Coons fungo bat and bike that he had as like a holster? There or was, that, was that something you never thought you'd <laughs> Man, see in your
1: life. That was the coolest thing. I knew Rusty had the bike, and I know he's got the little bike horn, and it is iconic. What I didn't know is that he uses the you know the cup holder thing that you got on the bike to hold his fungo bat, and that is just even more legendary of a Rusty Coons thing. He is one of a kind. Uh, I love seeing him around the complex. Just a big smile every time. Uh, he's great.
0: All right, Jake, uh, voice of the Royals, you'll hear you a lot on this station on 610 Sports Radio when it comes to all summer long. I want to start with this young team. What have you noticed as changes this year as there's a new regime in place and all the young kids have a year under their belt?
1: Well, I'll start with this, that it's hard for me to say what's changed because I wasn't here last year. I can tell you what I saw in Omaha, but I don't really know exactly or intimately what it was like in the clubhouse in Kansas City last year. But as far as what is actually occurring, is, there's just like this really fun, loose, energetic vibe that's been around Royals camp for the last couple of weeks that this team knows what they have in front of them. They have so much potential, so much excitement, so much possibility, and I think the beauty of this team is... Because all of the rookies that came up last year, you know, didn't play full seasons, uh, other than Bobby Witt Jr., you know, wasn't a full season for MJ, wasn't a full season for Vinny, or for Michael Massey, or Nate Eaton, or Drew Waters, or whoever else, that there's so much that we don't know about what they're capable of, that with a full season to play with, that, you know, Vinny Pasquantino could go out and be an all-star this year. You know, Bobby Wood Jr., as we expect, could go out and be an all-star this year. We don't know what MJ Melendez looks like in a full season. We don't know what some of these other players can do with a full season and the experience of last year under their belt. So I think there's a sense, and at least there's a sense that I have, that, that the possibilities of this team are what drives the excitement about this 2023 season.
0: You watched a lot of these guys play, I guess you could still call them kids. I mean, I feel like I can't at this point in my life. I'm I'm much older than them, so I feel like it's okay. Politically correct, I guess. But you watched a lot of these kids and and these players in Omaha, and now you're kind of seeing them again as a a major league announcer with them and, and seeing them as major leaguers. And it seemed today that I saw a report that Brady Singer might have some zip or some different angle on that slider that he's throwing What have you seen already that you haven't seen from Brady Singer maybe in the past where he had that electric year last year that he can carry over this year?
1: Well, you might have seen the comments that he made after his outing the other day uh, that Andy Rogers at MLB.com put out that he said that he was maybe paying attention a little bit too much to the pitch clock, which I thought was interesting, even if it wasn't necessarily unexpected because he did make a handful of starts with the pitch clock. Last year, when he was in Omaha for a few weeks, and also he's a pitcher that naturally pitches with a pretty quick pace. But once he got comfortable with that and figured out, I mean, the rhythm that he has is tremendous. The movement that he has on his pitches is tremendous. The 2 seamer the slider combination, the change that we're seeing more and more of, I mean, he's turning into every bit of an ace that we saw at the tail end of last season.
0: How good does Daniel Lynch need to be to kind of back up that rotation? Because what I noticed last year when these guys played, when the young guys started to get in there and they started to do things that were, I don't know, maybe addicting to the other players, Singer got better. And when Singer was lighting it up, they were, you know, they were responding to his play. What can you see from Daniel Lynch and maybe Brad Keller, who's on a pretty big important year this year as well?
1: Well, specifically with Daniel, and I'll extend this to the other guys that are in the 2018 draft class and Frankly, Dusty, you can extend this to guys that are part of other draft class that have come up together. Uh, I've talked to Bobby about this in the past. I've talked to Nick Prado about this in the past. I mean, as they've come up through the minor league system together, they have pushed each other at every single level. whether that's Brady and Jackson, Brady and Daniel, Bobby and MJ. Like, these guys have come up together and won championships at every level of minor league baseball and have pushed each other to get better at every level. Well, what does Daniel need to do? I mean, I'll tell you this, he looked – Really, really good the other day uh, in Scottsdale. I mean, it was 27 pitches, 21 for strikes. Uh, the, the pace was excellent. The movement was sharp. The command was there. And I think if he unlocks that command and unlocks the you know the stuff that we know he has. I mean, he could make a leap, much like we saw Brady take last year, and that's what you hope to see from him and from a guy like Chris Bubich or Jonathan Easley uh, on Jackson Coar. I mean, all of these guys you hope take that step forward, and it looks like Daniel is right there and ready to do just that.
0: Where do you see Hunter Dozier's role being this year on this team?
1: Well, Hunter Dozier, I mean, Matt Quattrero has said that he's going to be the team's third baseman, and you know what? Great. I mean, he's been swinging the bat pretty well made a couple of really fine defensive plays, too. I mean, it's the sort of thing where, yes, you know what historically has happened over the last couple of years. You also know what he did, you know, a few years ago that basically earned him the contract extension that he got. Mm-hmm. And you hope you find that player again. And no doubt, that's what the kind of player that Hunter wants to be again. And so I think when you come into camp and you have, a little bit of a foundation of kind of knowing what your role is and what it's going to look like. Maybe there's a little bit of a weight off your shoulders of, of trying, not trying to figure out where you're going to fit in, but knowing how you're going to fit in and being a little bit more free. And I know that you know there was there were some reports last year about you know dealing with the thumb injury that he had a couple of years ago and trying to play through that and how that affected his swing. And I feel like just a fresh year, clean slate, I think is going to be something. And this is completely my opinion, something that could be really, really good. And sure, we're looking through everything with spring training, colored, you know, glasses, and and Mm -hmm. optimism is high. But, you know, Hunter Dozier's role on this team is as a veteran player that you hope can make an impact in the clubhouse with a lot of these young guys that don't have a lot of major league experience. And you also hope that the bat regains the form that we know that it has because we've seen it. And you hope that defensively he makes some strides too,
0: and can be a solid third baseman for this team. So I have a lot of fun doing this job, and what I mean by that is it gets kind of off the rails. And so that was that was our baseball talking. If you if you ever need pointers, just just lean lean on lean on Ryan LaFever to kind of give you a prep talk about me sometimes. And I always kind of mess with him sometimes. But Jake, I want to let the people get to know kind of who you are, as they're going to hear your voice quite a bit this summer. Uh, has anybody hazed you yet with the uh, with the announcers box? Is Denny giving you a little bit? of a, you know, as Ryan maybe said something to you or told you to go check the pail and there's nothing there. What's going on out there? Yeah,
1: I don't know that there's been any, like, specific anything, but there have been some jokes like, hey, Jake, you know, we're going to go meet on Field 8 at 9 o'clock, you know, like the 19th green sort of thing from Happy Gilmore. You know, hey, Jake, you know, we've got got to get the bucket of curveballs or the keys Mm. to the batter's box, uh, that kind of stuff. No, I think that, there's look, the camaraderie that this broadcast team has uh, for me has honestly been so great because everyone's been so welcoming and kind. And I think that, that, yeah, there's, you know, they're, they're definitely enjoying the fact that, you know, there's a, there's a new kid to Raz that, you know, doesn't know necessarily everything. And also I'll be honest, I'll see, like, I don't know what I don't know, you know? Right. So there's a, been a lot of new stuff and I've been leaning on Ryan and Joel and Stu and, Monty and Hud and Eric and everyone that's been in camp. And, you know, I had lunch with Denny a few weeks ago, and we chatted for a long time. You know, I'm just trying to soak up everything from everybody. And, yeah, if I wind up getting hit with a sprinkler on the 19th green because, you know, <laughs> someone wants to play a prank, then that's fine. I'll go with it. Uh, it's all part of the fun.
0: All right, so you go egg roll or crab rangoon? <laughs>
1: um, to be honest, I have celiac, so neither. Okay. But if I had to pick one, I guess crab rangoon because it sounds funnier. Uh, but I, I can't say that I have an ultimate preference between
0: the two. All right, so all for one and random questions. East Coast or West Coast for baseball?
1: I mean, I grew up in New York, so I've got to say East Coast, right?
0: There we go. Okay. Uh, best flavor favorite bubblegum that's ever been created?
1: I like bubblegum-flavored bubblegum, which I guess is boring. Okay. Uh, if you want like a, an actual flavor, I mean watermelon is always a good flavor
0: for anything.: I always felt bad when I ate that because I wanted to swallow it immediately, which I think that's something you shouldn't do. Uh, fl- sunflower seeds, what flavor do you go to? Or are you also an original sunflower seed guy?
1: I like the original sunflower seeds, but the barbecue seeds were always mm. my go-to, uh, you know back in my very definitely <laughs> good all-star playing days in high school. That's right.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, No, barbecue would be the go-to.: uh, If you had a walk-up song, what would it be today?
3: Oh, man. You're
0: putting me on the spot with That's that right. one. Um,
1: Welcome to After Hours, too. I always, I always thought that your love by the outfield would be a really good walk-up song. So, so we'll go with that. So you're going to be a one-hit wonder. You're going to go up
0: there, hit a home run, and then just retire.
1: Well, look, if anyone sees me standing in the batter's box, they're not going to give me a
0: second at bat after that. <laughs> so I better make it count. If you had to have one home run and for one moment one guy to hit a home run, who are you taking? I I don't know. What do you mean? like? If I have to hit a home run off a guy or no, no 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 if you if you had to pick a guy to come up to bat, hit a home run, who are you picking? All baseball. To pick a guy to, any any of all time. Of of all time? Yeah. I uh, I mean Henry Aaron, okay. I, I feel like is the
1: is is a pretty good answer to that one. Uh or Barry Bonds. I mean, those are the two greatest home run hitters of, of all time. So if you need someone to hit a home run, chances are they're gonna go deep for
0: you. Two more major league or sandlot when it comes to a baseball movie? Sandlot. And then the last one, Seinfeld or Kerb your enthusiasm. Oh,
2: come on. That what? was so difficult. What? Uh, I'm
0: I'm I'm going I'm going Seinfeld.
1: Oh. I love I love Seinfeld. Look, I love Curb yeah. too. Don't get me wrong. I love Curb, but uh, Seinfeld holds a very special place in my heart.
0: Hey man, you're uh, you're very good at what you do. You've got a bright future ahead of you. I hope you enjoyed this season in Kansas City. Thanks for joining the show, Jake. We'll talk to you a little bit more down the road. All right,
1: Dusty. Thank you so much. You kept me on my toes. Looking hey, forward to talking again soon.
0: Sounds good, Jake. Thank you. Jake Eisenberg from the Kansas City Royals broadcast team. I know those guys are hating him. I know Ryan's a prankster. I know Joel's a prankster. Denny, for sure. Denny, for sure, is a prankster. He's also, like, very, I don't know if the term is cheeky, but uh, we all know that I have 100% been roasted by Denny Matthews. Did you know this, Luke? No. i played this a few times. Uh, enjoy a smile here. Enlighten us. We've had a rough show, though, here on 610 nights. Uh, one of our hosts tried to steal the base out there in right field, and he was a cool uh, five seconds late crossing the uh, the finish line. I'm sure he's going to be uh, wow. hanging his head and hoping that, uh, especially you two, did not see that.
1: They could have. There's a, a gapper into right center field. And that's going to get by Kyle Isbell and roll to the wall. So Willie Castro is on, and this is the fourth straight inning that the Tigers have had their leadoff man on. I started to say Fizz, they could have videotaped that dash from the right field corner in slow motion, but that would have been redundant.
0: I was going to say <laughs> the use of the word "dash,"
1: little a little dash, yeah.
0: He ran out of steam he sure real did. He early. Sure did. <laughs> oh, wow. So, that was last year's 6 10 90 at the K. They took me out to do the the dash that the uh, the little kids do. You know? When they run from the foul pole to the bag, get the base from Slugger and run back, they get 30 seconds. I don't know if you heard in that audio, my good friend Josh Vernier, who absolutely ran over me twice with the bus tires... maybe a third time, Um, he comes out firing away. Denny Matthews using the term redundant. And then when I got out there, they took the time from 30 seconds to 25 seconds because I'm older, which that doesn't make sense. I will have my revenge. He really did. And the thing that's great about it is that they're talking about it, and Vern says, we've had a rough show tonight because Vern got to do play-by-play with the guys. Fesco dropped the opening pitch from Klingler. Um, I was five seconds short and almost, I did give up. And then you get that. And a guy that I idolized my entire life, still do, Denny Matthews, absolutely crushed me because I was five seconds late and used the term redundant when it came to my speed. Never said I was fast. Blame my boss for signing me that signing me up with that with about five days of notice. Dude, I don't know what you're talking about. I would say you made it. I missed it by five seconds, and they cut me off with five seconds. No, I'm saying you made it. Like Denny Matthews. That's fair.
1: You you got crushed by Denny Matthews live on uh, Royals tel, uh, radio broadcast. You yeah. made it.
0: And then I went and played golf with a guy who's a friend of mine, and his buddy joined us. And he goes, man, I saw you struggle in that race. And I was like, thank you very much. Uh my first time on the big on the big screen failure. Uh coming up on the other side. Um no more Denny Matthews uh making fun of myself. Thanks to Jake Eisenberg for joining us, but on the other side, I think this draft might be one where if you're not fully invested in trusting Brett Veach, I think this one might solidify that. I just want- Getting roasted by Denny Matthews. Put it on the resume. I guess that's something you're into. I guess they didn't really have to record that dash. To say they needed to record it would have been redundant. Thank you, Denny. Appreciate it. That's awesome. Tell that to your kids one day.
1: That was a really good Denny Matthews. Thank you.
0: Kevin Durant currently sits at five points, one rebound. We need 23 points, and we need six and a half rebounds. Suns up 33-25. Like where that's at. Like where the score is. Suns at Chicago. uh, 36-25. Not that anybody cares, but hop along. Um, Doing okay. Booker has 14. You kind of need him to to let Kevin Durant get the ball. He's only been in seven minutes, but, uh, you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um. Luke Dusty with you tonight on 610 Sports Radio After Hours until 9 o'clock. Um, thanks to Jay Beakley who joined us at 9 thir- or at 6.30. Jake Eisenberg who just joined us at 7.15. We kept him on his toes. We'll have to do that for people that are first joiners of After Hours moving forward. Spontaneous questions. I teased at the break that if this was a year that you ever wanted to put all your bag and trust into Brett Veach, let it be this year. I say this because according to Jeff Kerr of CBS on E on Twitter, he said the chiefs had 161 games played by first year players in 2022. That's the super bowl title team since the 1981 49ers. They had 187. So quite a bit more only the 1974 Steelers had more first year players when a super bowl in 188 than both teams. Um, the thing that sticks out the most for me with this is the years. 1981 and 1974, the Chiefs have done something that nobody has done. He's or not 161. That's a lot of guys. 161 games played by first-year players in 2022 and also winning the title. That's the second nugget, I think, of this tweet. I think, obviously, the first one, when you look at the first one, You think to yourself, okay, 161 total games played by all their rookies. Yes, that was with McDuffie not playing half of the season. You put that into perspective, you're up to about 167 games. Brett Veach knew exactly what this team needed. He found it. It worked. But not only did it work, but it it actually did work to perfection. And the reason that I say that is because if it didn't, then I don't know what the Super Bowl means. And the fact that they drafted guys that they needed and that those guys that they needed excelled, guys like Carloftis, Loftus, guys like McDuffie, Cook, all of those players, and not only that, but you look at guys that were drafted previously to that. like a Nick Bolton, who was a Super Bowl hero, right? Possibly could have won MVP if that other fumble return would have counted. I think probably would have. tough to take it away from the quarterback, but again, you have two defensive touchdowns on two fumble recoveries and a forced fumble and a fumble, you know, and a sack. Nick Bolton's given a case. But again, this is a year in which Brett Veach is going to be not to sound cliche, but on the clock once again. The Chiefs pick at 31. The Chiefs have nine picks as of now. And where do you change your focus? A lot of people would say, what's the need? Wide receiver, edge rusher. Jay Binkley says D-line and D-ends are very, very fruitful in this draft. There are a lot of them. You could find another Carloftis Loftus type, he thinks, towards the end of the draft or the Chiefs pick. If you want a receiver, you know you're probably going to have to get a guy that if you want it to be one of those electric guys, like Binkley had mentioned as well, go find Patrick Mahomes, some top-tier talent at receiver to where he is just flooded with depth because you're scared if you do have to have games where you don't have Sky Moore, you don't have Juju Smith-Schuster, your number one guy is an MBS in which Binkley said he played the game of his life, which he did. But you don't want that situation to have. Be so incredibly deep at wide receiver and so incredibly young and let one of the best to ever do it at quarterback really develop these guys. That's going to be the focus that a lot of people will start to see Patrick Mahomes really display in this system that is the NFL. How does Patrick Mahomes make players better the more advanced he gets in this league? Raw talent is not going to be enough. Down the road, age will eventually catch up. Things that he was able to do at 26, 27, clearly, obviously, won't be able to do at the age of 33, 34. Who am I to judge? That draft this year doesn't affect that, but again, Patrick Mahomes will be 28 at the start of next season. If you like what he can do now, imagine what he can do if he had a top-tier talent receiver if you were to trade up. Nine picks could be 11. You already have depth at a lot of positions. This is where I think it can get interesting with the luxurious knee trade talk that we had mentioned a little bit ago. I could sense in Jay Binkley's voice that he's like many of you that are probably listening to me right now or seeing the topic of this come about. You have to always remember that the NFL is a big business and big business decisions have to consistently be made. And if you did go back and listen to when Brett Veach was on Pat McAfee's show, he did have a conversation with Pat about how McAfee that is about. He and Andy Reed are always on the same page. They've come up together. They've been around each other long enough. He's moved up in Andy Reed's likable inner circle to where now he is Andy Reed's general manager. And he's been very good at that. Two rings would identify that. And you have to think to yourself in a big business situation, is it worth it to keep a guy like Legarius Sneed on your team who is very good, who is a stud? And when you can make decisions that can affect your team long term in the positive way, you have to make those decisions. You can even be a Royals fan and think about how this affected you in previous years, the Will Myers trade. Now, Will Myers wasn't a proven veteran, like Legarius Need, I think is, I know is, but Will Myers' trade set the Royals up for a championship run. The Chiefs currently are already in the gut of what is a dynasty. You can call them a dynasty. I wouldn't disagree with that comp. But I think when you have to look at this, you have to understand that decisions have to be made that aren't always for the faint-hearted. LeJarrius need, fan favorite, for sure. Does he work in Spag's defense? Absolutely. Is he going to have a decision next year where he's going to be able to probably request and actually demand a ton of money for what he does? 100%. If you go back and look at the history of Brett Veach and the Chiefs, Is that something Brett Veach is willing to side with? Probably not. I mentioned to Jay earlier, you can see the tea leaves. Three rookies were drafted. Three rookies were very evidently good this year for the Kansas City Chiefs. One won you a game when Watson took that pick all the way to the house. And again, we go back to the conversation piece that started this entire pie with the Chiefs' rookies. 161 games played by first year players in 2022 for the Kansas City Chiefs that resulted in a Lombardi trophy enshrined forever at their stadium. That's the most by any Super Bowl team winner since the 81 Niners, who had 187, and only the 1974 Steelers had more first year players win a Super Bowl than both with 188. 74 and 81. Brett Veach did this in 2022. What does that mean? He's not buying his teams, he's drafting his teams. You're not gonna win Super Bowls buying guys' contracts like Lejarius Need. It sucks to say out loud, trust me, some people were hurt when Tyree Kill was gone. Some people understood it. This is kind of the same situation. Now, unless Lejarius Need is content just staying here and being forever in chief, playing for a cheap contract. I just don't see that happening. Two rings. Now it's time to go get your bag, take care of your family. That's where I think it goes. And I think Brett Veach knows they're not going to pay Lejarius Sneed next year. You're not going to get anything if he leaves an unrestricted free agency. You could get probably, if not a second round and something else with a Lejarius Sneed trade. Could also benefit trade, could also benefit Legereus Needs' contract in the future. If he goes somewhere else outside of the system he's currently in and absolutely balls out, he gets paid in a year where he's going to get paid a lot of money. But again, 161 games played by first-year players, three of it, Rich, were rookie corners for a majority of the year. I'm Dusty Likens. This is 610 Sports Trade on After Hours. We come back. There's three things I want to talk about that might not be – they're not local – but they're very interesting, and they involve around this weekend and what has happened in the last weekend here on After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Back in on Sixteen Sports Radio into the 7 o'clock hour. This show's flown by, Luke. we only got like an hour left. We did it. We haven't done it yet but I like your confidence. We can go home. If you want, we can just play the whole six o'clock hour all over again, but people don't want that. People want big T on a Friday night. Big T what's happening, man.
2: Hey man, dirty werewolf. How's it going, man? Hanging in there.
0: I can't complain, man. It's Friday night. I'm playing golf on Sunday and Monday. Uh, You know, Binkley's birthday is tomorrow night and we got a slew of stuff to talk about. So I'm all here, man. I'm a, I'm a gravy train on
2: biscuit wheels. (laughs) <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah i love the enthusiasm so first of all i like to talk talk about i want to stand up for all of kansas city and talk about jason brown or is his last name clown um you know here's a guy who is so hypocritical and and i just got like we i just want to label i was thinking about this what what is, what is he well i labeled him as the biggest jagoff in the world and he's the type of guy that if he got pulled over by the police he'd play that do you know who I am card? And the cop would go, Yes, you're the biggest jack off in the world. So enough about him. He's a punk. Get out of here. You're a loser. He's not even a he's not even worth talking about, but I just had to get that out there because you know how I am, Man. If I ever you're saw him out boy. in the bar any- Yeah, if I ever saw him out in the bar anywhere, <laughs> I would punch him in his mouth. I would I would. I would I would literally just knock him the hell out.
0: I feel like we now, knocked now him out would, on
2: the air. I would have knocked him the hell out. Uh, and You know I could have, uh, uh, Dustman. Oh, yeah. You know oh, I yeah. I know that. I know that big T frame. Hey, uh, also, uh, then I want to talk about Darius Slay and the loser Philadelphia worshiping Rocky Balboa statue fan boy Eagles. Okay, now, now, Dustman, when pe- people win, you talk. That's what you do. That's the that's the whole glorious thing about winning the game. You talk. You are the favorites. You had the vaunted defense. You couldn't stop our run. You couldn't stop, uh, sack Patrick Mahomes with a, with a one-legged, ankle, uh, hurt ankle. Your, your secondary, who was this vaunted secondary, was the paper shade secondary. You, you were like a butter and soft, you were like a knife in soft butter. You couldn't stop uh, shoot Juju in the second half. They were thinking and dying. He didn't even throw forward over 200, but you could not stop him. That's why you guys suck. That's why you got beat. And that's why you're always just going to be, go down in history as, as the loser with the greatest defense ever. It didn't work out for you. Take your medicine like a man. And like you said, we're going to see him in the season. But you know what happens during the regular season? It just doesn't matter. The Chiefs are going to be back. But guess what, Eagles? You're not. And this – And and, and you know what? I'm ready for some rolls baseball, but this choo-choo is for a legendary 6'10 guy whose birthday is tomorrow. As always, let's go, Jay Binkley. Happy birthday. Choo-choo! Choo-choo!
0: There you go, Bink. There you go. Big T, thanks for the call. Thanks for the kind words. Always appreciate your time on the air. 913-586-7610. Somebody uh, texted in, are there sirens outside of the station, or did I take too many edibles? I'm the wrong guy to ask, but I'm going to lean towards the second part. Which that's never good. And if you ever want to know what it's like to take too many edibles, just go listen to Joe Buck on Dan Levitard's show. That man said he took a bunch one time, and he doesn't ever want to do that again. So He took, uh, said he ate a brownie, didn't feel anything for 30 minutes, so he ate another one. Uh, And then words started flying off of his screen. Speaking of words flying off the screen, some stories that maybe, I don't know, Aren't Chiefs related, Royals related, draft, combine, trade that kind of took me aback in the sports world this week was one from Bleacher Report that came out yesterday. And I found this kind of disturbing as a gunman in Argentina left a threatening message for one Lionel Messi after opening fire at a supermarket owned by his wife's family, per uh, Associated Press. The message read Messi, we're waiting for you a name that is impossible to pronounce, uh, left it, and he is also a drug trafficker, so he won't take care of you. The message read, Messi, we are waiting for you. Name I can't pronounce is also a drug trafficker, so he won't take care of you. Huh. Very interesting. It's not every day that a world-famous athlete's family... And their establishment is raided by a gunman in Argentina. And then this happens. So something to keep the eyes on when it comes to one Lionel Messi is this is something that kind of not really shook me. But it's one of those stories that came up on ESPN's bottom bar. And then they did like a breaking news story to it. And I thought to myself, what in the hell is going on with Lionel Messi? The other story is, is Jake Paul, like, is it over? Or is it just beginning? Because Jake Paul is doing exactly what he shouldn't be doing, which is what everybody said he was going to do if the inevitable happened, which was losing. Of course, some of you watched the fight last Sunday at like 3 o'clock where he fought Tommy Fury and lost by a split decision. Jake Paul now quoted and will not stop bringing this up, but he says, I was sick for four weeks of this nine-week camp, jet-lagged for another week, What's pissing me off is that it had nothing to do with him. He wasn't that great at all. I think Anderson Silva was tougher than him. Really? Jake Paul, you lost, man. You got beat. It ain't happening against Fury. The first time you bought, you fought somebody with any sort of boxing background, you lose. What happens next? You complain. You bring up all this stuff. Jet lagged. You got beat, man. Fair and square. You been beat. Split decision, but you got beat. Maybe instead of using excuses, use a way to rebuild this fight. The YouTube star doesn't like to lose. Shocker. I was sick for four weeks of this nine-week camp, jet-lagged for another week. What's pissing me off is that he had nothing to do with him. He wasn't that great at all. I think Anderson Silva was tougher than him. You beat Anderson Silva, you lost to Tommy Fury. And last but not least, Luke, I have to ask, I don't know if you are this guy, and maybe the text line, 913-586-7610. No, this isn't the 8 o'clock question. That coming in three minutes. John Bones Jones this weekend. He's minus 170. Do we finally bet against John Bones Jones? He kind of has like a little bit of a beer gut now. He hasn't fought for three years. Is he the same feared UFC fighter that's always been? Or do we take the flyer and bet against him? Again, win or loss. It's been three years and he's minus 170. I kind of want to bet against John Bones Jones. But again, it's tough. He's the greatest to ever. Do it. He's one of the best fighters in the ring or the octagon. And I'm interested. 913 586 7610. Am I nuts for betting against John Bones Jones? I don't know. Minus 170 seems like not that heavy of a favorite. And the guy he's fighting is no slouch. Not as many fights 11 and 1. John Bones Jones, like, a lot to little when it comes to winning losses. But again, this is After Hours. I am Dusty Likens. Luke's with you as well. We go all the way till 9 o'clock. That means we have an hour left, but it's 8 o'clock, so we have a question for you. 913-586-7610. We get to that on the other side.